0: Hi, this is James Governor, co-founder of RedMonk, and we're here for another Monk conversation. Uh, today, it's a RedMonk conversation uh, about GraphQL. And uh, I'm really pleased today that I've got uh, Annette Jingran, CEO and founder of a company called StepZen. And basically, he's got some strongly held opinions. And I think we live in a world of opinionated infrastructure. Uh, developers love strong opinions. So we're going to be hearing a bit about GraphQL, uh, perhaps some of the myths and misconceptions um, the, the the people got about the, the value of this, and um, yeah, I
1: guess we should say hello, Anand. How are you today? Oh, uh, doing uh, absolutely fantastic, James. It's just an absolute pleasure to uh have a dialogue with you. You and I go back uh, m- maybe uh, more than a decade. Don't Definitely. tell them don't, 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 don't how far we go back. Yeah, no, no, just just <laughs> a decade. Decade is okay. We, we, we could be in our mid 30s and still have gone back a decade, so it's all it's all 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 great. Uh, so having done, having done kind of, uh, some technology shifts, uh, over the course of my, uh, my slightly, uh, longish uh, professional life, what I've seen, uh, is that, that there's almost never, there's almost never something that comes in and completely replaces some of the stack. Okay. And, and that's kind of a constant, that's a constant whether you are an individual developer where you have learned skills A and B, and now you're trying to build upon that skill to learn a new framework, or whether you're a small enterprise and you have kind of built out uh, certain data infrastructure and trying to figure out how to build some analytics on it, or whether you're a large, large uh, enterprise that's having difficulty in hiring people and really want to kind of build on the skills that you already have. The constant is that while new technology comes in, it must coexist with and build upon existing skills, existing in, uh, investments, and existing technology strengths. Okay, And that's exactly what I see happening in GraphQL too. But,
0: but wait I I I've read, read the blog post. It says everything needs to be GraphQL now. GraphQL is the only way. We've got a secular shift going on. We're gonna, we're gonna throw everything out. Everything is going to be GraphQL enabled. Are you saying that this, this is not the truth?
1: No, no. Every, no, no everything will, will, will be GraphQL enabled, but two things. That whole trend will take some time, okay? Number one. And and uh, I remember having a dialogue with, uh, with some fairly senior execs at IBM on why the transition is sometimes the kind of the toughest period in which things actually happen. So, yes, absolutely strongly believe that GraphQL is the way in which applications will actually interact with all the data that actually sits uh, around in, in, in and around developers and in and around, uh, uh small and medium large enterprises. Okay. But there's a second, second fundamental issue out there, which is that, that because of this kind of transition, there is, there is this existing investment that has to be mm-hmm. leveraged, so it's not the case that GraphQL is not going to become the way in which applications interact with backend data. That's absolutely true. But the key question is, where what, what represents the backend data, and that is, in my mind, the biggest investment that has to be leveraged in this particular space. So, just to kind of give you an example, right? Okay. So, uh, as as you might know, uh, we did a we did something called Apigee, and Apigee was all about API management. And somewhere around 2012 or 13, James, we were explaining to enterprises and developers and others, but but medium enterprises, as to what what is APIs all about. And by about 15 or 16, we started to get requests: "Can you give us API management tools?" So some inflection yep. happened. But over the course of last decade, investments have been made, whether they have been made by API first companies like Stripe. Like oh sorry, like like Twilio, okay, or whether they've been made by 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 big and small enterprises, or they've been mm-hmm. made by developers leveraging SaaS APIs. REST-based infrastructure has become the mainstay with which enterprise data is accessed. Okay. So as you say, I mean I think this is interesting to me because you've been to your point. You you begun with sort of an
0: argument from from history. Um you were uh the, the the patterns that you learned at Apogee in terms of the wave of REST APIs and their need for management. And also, if we think about API um, uh, enablement of those backend systems, you think there's a similarity of pattern in terms of GraphQL enablement as well?
1: Uh, a slight, slight delta from what you said. So, so. In reality, what, what is GraphQL? GraphQL is about providing one uniform way, one uniform query language for Good. application developers to access backend data. And it's absolutely new and modern the way kind of GraphQL approaches it. I have seen how, how SQL approaches it. I have seen how REST approaches it. And GraphQL actually gets it, in my mind, really, really right. But the key question really is not whether GraphQL is right or not right. GraphQL is right. But what is, where is the data that is being delivered by GraphQL? Okay. Is the data being purpose built in support of GraphQL or mm-hmm. does the data already exist and is being leveraged in GraphQL? Okay. Right. And, and, and in, in my view, in my strongly held view, it is the latter rather than the former. Okay. Okay. So that's one. The second thing is this, that that today applications connect with some some logic that kind of connects with rest apis all over and some databases but rest apis and databases all over if now a graphql layer comes about are the applications going to change in in one day okay to actually start leveraging graphql to connect with the so uh, the same backends the answer is no so there has to be a transition for not just how the data is accessed, but how the data is actually delivered also. So what we are finding is that developers are looking for not just GraphQL, but perhaps some rest wrappers around GraphQL so that they are still working with their their kind of current worldview and yet having much better capabilities in order to be able to access the data. So in general, transitions happen not in kind of one fell swoop, but but it slowly chips away and Mm -hmm. different parts of the, the layered stack. And that's exactly what I uh, strongly believe that GraphQL will actually help chip that away. But many of the existing stuff will kind of stay around and hang around as GraphQL takes larger and larger part of this uh, application to data stack. Okay, let me ask you a question about developer
0: experience there. Cause I think you're sort of talking about, you know, sort of infrastructure. And you know, we certainly live in a world where I think there's more there's a more important consideration of that of that developer experience is not enough to just say okay here are the the services they need to be the tools need to be presented in such a way that the tool ch- chain is easy because you're competing against um uh well because you developers have to be productive right that's what we're doing here so if we think about the the this developer experience um, I think one of the things we quite often see with with technology is we have that mean time to dopamine. So it's like, oh, this, this feels fantastic. This is great. You know, I'm gonna, you know, oh, I'm gonna start using Docker and oh, this is making me so productive. It's so great. And then suddenly you've got an application with four Docker containers and it's not so much fun. Or serverless functions. Oh, it's so great. I'm building a serverless function. Mm, this is great. I love this experience. And then suddenly you've got 10 serverless functions and you're like, how do I manage this? This sucks. So, like, from a, uh, you know, what's the story with with kind of GraphQL? GraphQL, which can immediately you're like, oh, look, look at this tree. This makes sense. I get this. But then suddenly, as you're managing a more complex thing, um, yeah. To me, it, 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 you know, does it follow any of that pattern? Is
1: there a feels great to start with, but actually, it's much harder than you initially realize. Yes, that's exactly right. I I remember. uh, I mean, I'm I'm a big uh, Pink Floyd fan. Okay, and, and uh, there's a song in the wall that how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Okay, and, and, and fundamentally... My friend, my friend almost
0: e- calls that broccoli and ice cream. You, you uh, can't oh have your ice cream. <laughs> it's, it's a more vegetarian one. You can't have your ice cream until you eat your broccoli.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, uh, awesome, awesome. Okay, so, so uh, and I'm, I'm a vegetarian and yet... yet, yet uh, Uh, that particular phrase has, has, has stuck in me. But the fundamental thing is really this, that the dopamine, the pudding, okay, is, is absolutely fantastic. Okay. But in the end, success comes not from the pudding part of it, but, but the energy and everything else comes from either the broccoli or the meat and everything else. So, so the question, so the, so the real question is, can you actually, uh, kind of eat the cake and have it too? In in that sense, and 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 if I just kind of point to one example, I just I'll just give you one example, and I think that's where the world is going in GraphQL too, and that is example of Google Search. So look at Google Search. Google Search did in some incredibly hard things, okay? Page rank and 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 crawling and knowledge graph and and all the other things that we have kind of uh, grown to love. I got a chance to spend three years at Google, and and I and I saw that from from inside. But Google Search did one more thing, which is they made search really, really simple. Okay, if you remember, James, before that in Alta Vista days, you had to say James within three words of of governor. Okay. I thought we said we
0: weren't going to talk in time frames longer than than ten years. I'm sure Alta Okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. What's this Alta Vista
1: uh, that you're talking about? I've never. Okay. I don't know uh, what you're uh, talking about. Awesome. Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Uh, igno- ignore that example. Right. But but. But Google came about and said, hey, that's all, all nonsense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just say James Governor Redmond. Yeah. Okay? Or just say James Governor and we'll figure out what it is. So Google was able to kind of crack the, the formula on doing incredibly hard things that actually make things successful and yet making it really, really simple to, to, to for, for the, the rank and file users to actually access. To be honest, In Google the world, search
0: used to be a lot better than it is now.
1: Um, oh, uh, uh, forget it. That's, you, that. that's the all commercial. No, no, I mean, so to your gonna, point,
0: because there yes. was a time, and I'm not gonna say how long, we'll go this thing again, certainly that, that blogs were quite well ranked if you had a lot of inbound links. So, you know, that, that was good. Yes, there was yes. a time, and this wasn't when, you know, uh, you had your, you, you know, it, was, it, it reflected the fact that it was personalized search because you had a Google account. Where just a Google search, you could type in James Governor, and I was there. But that was that was before they discovered the joys of of commerce and becoming a trillion dollar or what you know. No, no, I, I agree. okay.
1: Listen, listen. Uh, totally. Anyway, let's so, so we don't need to let's, let's, let's go on that. So, but yeah. So so in the world of GraphQL, exactly. Then. GraphQL as as you as you started off, GraphQL is is. Incredibly easy to get started. Mm-hmm. But success in GraphQL is incredibly hard. Okay. And I think that over the course of the next three or four years, what will happen is technology will come about that will be able to solve the hard problems and yet keep that that thing incredibly easy.
0: Okay? Is it success and- in performance, in in usability? What what are what are the what are the vectors here for success as, as you see it? Like what, 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 what will we need to improve in order to,
1: to make it easier? No. So, so to make it successful, and then I'll tell you what we need to do to make it easier. So, so just, just to be very clear, right? So what is the purpose of having a GraphQL API that can fetch customer data, that can fetch order data, that can fetch, fetch delivery data? It's awesome, right? One, one query and you can get all of that. But if your wheel is spinning out there while you're waiting for that particular piece of data to come about, then what is the advantage of collecting all those bits together and yet the, the, the end user goes away because the data is not actually delivered, right? So there is nothing which says that, look, you can get easy stuff, but if you don't solve that kind of hard problems underneath it, okay, then that easy is fleeting, okay? And then actual end users that you're trying to target will actually move away. So performance, for example, is something that you have to absolutely solve. And the way I like to call it, James, is that GraphQL has to be performant above because the application has to be able to ping it and get the responses back. But it has to be stingy below because the backends are what the backends are. Okay, the backends you're not going to be kind of continuously upgrading your backends, et cetera, et cetera. You're getting So how do you kind of do this impedance mismatch between being performant above and stingy below? And how do you actually do that without imposing all the performance uh, burden onto the developer who's writing the GraphQL API? How do you do what databases did to the world of GraphQL, James, in the world of databases, when you ask a question, give me all employees in this thing, you are not going around and telling the database how to do it the database basically figures out how to do it. You're just asking the database what you want. How will the world of GraphQL come about where the, the, the front-end devs, the app devs, ask for what they want, and the GraphQL system figures out how to optimize and execute it. This is one example of really, really hard problem that needs to be solved without imposing the burden back on the developers to actually optimize it, okay? And we've got one trick that I think is going to make a huge difference in this world, and um, I want to tell you about it. But but that's an example of a, a really hard problem that has to be solved, okay, for GraphQL to be successful.
0: Okay, okay. And obviously, yeah, you're you're thinking about. I mean, if we think about your journey, I mean, yeah, you so Apigee, um, you you built API gateways before. Um, before that, you were actually doing relational databases. You know a little bit about query optimization. I understand. Um, you, you, you may have spent some time with Stonebreaker and so on. So do you, do, is it, is that, is it, is it, is there value in, 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 what you learned? You know, you, you're talking about the, 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 if there are some similarities to what we did with the database,
1: like is, is that part of the, the, the mission here? That's exactly right. So, so we believe, we believe, and, and we have seen this happening from, from, uh, other technologies too. for example. Uh, some of the people who are in this space like Apollo and Hasura, but we actually strongly, strongly believe that that GraphQL API must be constructed declaratively. Okay, so if you look at it in the world of databases, James, obviously the, the query is declarative. You're just asking for give me average salary of employees of this department. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine. But the way the database is actually set up is also declarative, right? You are saying create table employees. You're not telling the database, Lay this stuff out on this disk, or or do this here, or or cluster this like this, et cetera, et cetera, wherever possible, right? So what happens is that the two worlds that the database system is set up declaratively, and the query that comes in is declarative, allows the database system to actually combine and actually optimize. Okay? In the world of GraphQL today, the GraphQL query is declarative. Give me customers and their orders and the delivery status, et cetera. It's all perfectly declarative. But the way the GraphQL is constructed is very procedural, okay? And what that means is that you're basically firing up and writing your programs with respect to how to answer that query and everything else. And therefore, the net of it is that that there's no other system in place that will take a declarative query and a procedural implementation and be able to kind of optimize it. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that the, we want to ensure that the that the GraphQL system is set up declaratively. Okay. So that when a declarative query comes in, the magic can happen just like in the world of data. Okay. So we've got and all- that's that's a firmly held belief that we Okay.
0: Have. So we've got our, our strongly held beliefs. One, coexistence It's not going to happen overnight. That one makes sense. Although there are a lot of true believers that are like, okay, every, everything should be GraphQL now. Um, two, declarative. So we've got. You know, concepts from API, the API, um, um, you know, the world of APIs, uh, one from database. So if we think about, uh, I understand that, you know, another one of your, I guess the third platform um, or the the third pillar for you in your strongly held beliefs can turn sort of href and thinking about how the World Wide Web uh, worked. So. Tell us a bit about that. Cause I thought that I think this is quite an interesting way of thinking about um GraphQL
1: and the work that we need to do. Awesome. No, exactly. So so uh oh, I am not going to I'm not going I'm not going to drag you into uh into when I learned about about this. your uh, your <laughs> No,
0: no, I'm just messing there. with you. I mean, look, I mean uh, look, I, I've got the uh, white uh, in my beard. You can drag me back as far as you want. Uh, okay. You, uh, you, I mean, awesome. so, you, so you talk about hypercards if you want. We can go. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: I haven't heard that in so the long. No, time. we can okay, do that. Awesome. You, know, uh, you know, take us. Uh, we we uh, can go uh, further back than that uh, if you want. No, it's fine. Awesome. Hey, so so there's a kind of a uh, internet, of course, came about, but the World Wide Web came about because of number one, simple HTML um, and HTTP protocols. Absolutely right. But one of the critical constructs in, in kind of the HTML was this thing called href. And what href did was it allowed random pages, okay, whether the pages were in the same, same domain or whether pages were across the continent to actually connect to each other so that you could kind of come in into the MLB homepage and be connected to San Francisco giants on one side and and New York Yankees on the other. I was about to say Brooklyn Dodgers, but no. And, well, look, and yeah, I mean, Yankees. the thing is you're, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, Stephen yeah, O'Grady yeah. is going to be very angry with you that you mentioned the uh-huh. New York team. Yes. I'm very happy with I, that. And, and not, not, not Boston. But, but okay. I think if you're Boston, talking Boston, to Redmond, it, like, it, you know, just I for guess. me, I'm fine. But like, if, if yeah. you ever want Stephen
1: O'Grady to, you know, talk to yes. again, from, you definitely yes. should be talking about and and And, the Red Sox. and, and it'll connect, right. ca, ca, connect to Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Yay, Stephen. Okay. okay, awesome. So how did that happen? That happened because the web, the pages became a web. Okay. By this declarative construct called href. href didn't care about how, what technology this page was implemented in, what technology this page was implemented in. It just said that when you kind of uh, came in, you are able to kind of traverse and connect to something else. Now, if you look at the world of APIs, the world of APIs are kind of evolving in kind of its own r- random space. A Stripe has a set of APIs. A, uh, a Twilio has a set of APIs. All these kind of new API companies are kind of coming up within 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 a developer's own yeah. world. Their backend system will have a set of. It. So they're all kind of evolving independently. The beauty about GraphQL is that you get kind of a web of APIs to kind of come together so that when a developer comes in, she can ask for the customer data and yet get data from the orders and yet kind of go all the way to FedEx and pick the uh, data from from on delivery. So what is this fabric that will be the web of APIs, just like there's a fabric for the web of, of of pages? And we actually believe that the only way this will happen is when those things are kind of declarative constructs, which says, when you're here to get there, this is what you need to do, okay? This is the kind of bits that need to be transferred there, and this is what, right? So so fundamentally, the equivalent of HREF is what will drive GraphQL, the, the graphs of APIs to be formed. And we want to be a small part of uh, making that happen by introducing these declarative constructs that are equivalent of those hrefs and then the same declarative constructs will exist within a domain across domain as i say it will be turtles all the way down. do we need new standards for that Uh, i think the standards will absolutely absolutely evolve but standards almost always always evolve after something becomes uh when 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 it becomes yeah, you kind have a new
0: way of working and then common and popular
1: you... and uh, there's no sense there's no sense in imagining standards till till this kind of this kind of web of apis uh starts to uh to kind of come up and obviously some of us who are in the business whether it's the hasuras or or Stepzins or Apollos need to kind of come together. But more importantly, equally importantly, all the developers who are actually building stuff using it need to kind of come together. And this will all, this will all kind of, uh, evolve. But, but my belief is that, that the whole web of APIs must be formed declaratively because, because when it is declarative, you can have independent implementations and they can all kind of execute them efficiently, but everybody kind of ends up speaking the same language and that's what I I uh I want to be part of that journey that will that will that will have that will that will lead to the formation of this uh web of APIs. Okay. So that's your strongly held beliefs. Those are your, your strongly held opinions. Hopefully
0: some people will disagree with them because outrage is always good for engagement. So other people
1: will agree really? with me. Well, what what I said was so so obvious. You think it's that, just all so obvious
0: well yeah I mean I don't know. I I, I I don't know about that, you know, I, the, I, I think, well, I had a conversation just the other day um, where the, the folk, the person I was talking to was, was, you know, very much of the opinion. I mean, and you've mentioned your, your peers in this market, your competitors, that, that, um, the, well, there, there was too much complexity actually and that and the 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 focus needed to be much more to your last point on it's all about it's it's all about the domain api so you know so for example it's got to be about deep deep understanding of the stripe API and how um how that should be used or shopify you know let's really understand the API so we can make that specific developer experience even easier as opposed to a more more general view so I think there's there's plenty of room for um uh you know anger and and people saying oh why have they exactly. taken that approach uh, yeah yeah
1: oh, uh, so of course of course watch, watch. confirmation and, and bias yes.
0: those are fundamental forces in the universe
1: yeah yeah and 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 i just i just uh strongly believe that 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 one of the most uh long-lasting technologies out there has been databases okay and and databases taught the world that that kind of having developers interact with some subsystem declaratively mm-hmm. and having the subsystem then do make some choices on behalf of the developer, okay, actually leads to to in many cases better end result than exposing everything and every knob and making the developers kind of program. Their way to all the kind of complex backend issues. And I feel, I feel if you really, really look at it, right? Um, this, uh, it's very difficult to say that something would last 40 years, 50 years. And in one, in some ways, this is the era of resurgence of Postgres and relational databases yeah. and everything else. And it just is, it's because kind of the core decisions that were made early on, which is, which is take the, take the, optimization complexity away from the developers okay and let the system handle that is exactly what makes stuff last for a very very long time and that's that's a strongly held belief that that's what will happen in the world of of graphql and in the world of API. okay
0: well there you, there, there you have it i think that makes sense that's pretty much a wrap uh, that's a good good uh uh conversation all held together uh, Anand, Jinren, thank you very much for joining me today. It's another Redmond conversation. Um, and that's 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 the strongly held beliefs that Anand has, three pillars, um, and really tackling some of what he sees as maybe mis- misconceptions about GraphQL. So uh, thanks for joining us, Anand, and
1: we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you very much, James. Thanks.